Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us for another message from Res Life Holland. We hope this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus and empowers you to live the life God has for you. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. So recently I saw an advertisement that said I could lose weight with no willpower and no chemicals. How many of you ever seen something like that and you just thought, I kind of wonder. We're, we're surrounded by stuff that, that isn't, it's just not trustworthy. There's, there's a catch. No payments or interest till next year. Now, I remember years back getting a mattress at a place that had this no interest no payments till next year, and I read the fine print. You know what they do? It's true. There is no interest, no payments until some you know, ridiculously far-off date. But you think to yourself, oh, yeah, I won't pay interest or payments until then, and then I'll pay it off. But what the fine print says is your first payment is due 18 months from now. But if you haven't paid it all off by the date of the first payment, then all of the interest is retroactively applied. So you got zero interest. You got zero payments. They told you the minimum payment due at day one, you know, 18 months from now, was, you know, $75. But if you don't pay the $1,500 for the entire mattress by that date, then they get to charge you interest for the entire 18 months that you did nothing and just borrowed their money. And, eight, and that interest isn't going to be, you know, 1.99%. It's like credit card level interest. So you get charged an extra $700 for the $1,500 mattress right then. Now, why do I bring that up? Because I, I, I want to give a few more examples. How about the no credit, no problem? Anybody seen that one? Right. Because you're going to pay a higher price for the same item, and your interest rate is going to be higher. But yes, I knew a guy who, who, who did this. He sold, he bought a particular type of car. They sold it over again. He's like, I can sell it anywhere else for $2,000. I sell it to people with bad credit for like, I don't remember what, like 50% more with a significant interest rate. He says, if they make the payments, I win. If they don't make the payments, I win. Because he gets the car back and he sells it again. And I remember hearing this whole story and I was just like, yikes. Anybody seen the, the things on social media for the green tea masks? Maybe nobody else gets this. It's like this like facial cleanser. And they show these people, they, you know, they put it on, and then it shoots like to a, you know, a few moments later, and there's all these little, like it pulled all the blackheads to the surface, and then they just wipe it right off. It turns out those are chia seeds, and it's not real. I don't know how many millions of these things have been ordered from China because they thought, but they saw something and then believed it. You can't look at anything. My kids are constantly watching something. And you, Check this out. This guy made a, a basket with his eye closed, standing on one leg, threw this over his, you know. And they're green screen, and there's all these trick ways that they can do it. And did they? 
Did they make it? Did they not? Did they try 17,000 times and then only show us the one time that they got it right? We're, we're in a world where we've become conditioned to be skeptical. We're, we're conditioned to be skeptical. I looked up the statistics this morning. It said, in all, 7% of U.S. adults say they have a great deal of trust in the news. 29 said a fair amount. So they said 36% of people sort of trust what they see on the news. The news is supposed to be facts. Don't worry, we're not going to get into all of the, the, the things we could be skeptical about when it comes to what the news is saying. This isn't supposed to be a political message. But what I want to point out is that we have been conditioned not to believe even what is told to us as if it was truth. We question things. We wonder, well, I don't know. What's the catch? I'm not sure. They say that happened, but did it happen? They say this will work, but will it work? And then, as Christians, we open our Bible, and it says in Luke 6, 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So, how do, we, how do we look at Scripture and those promises when all the other promises and all the other things that we see are so questionable? Now, I, I don't mean any personal judgment on anybody here if you loved playing Santa Claus with your kids. I personally <clears throat> never did the, the Santa Claus. Um whatever, you know, myth with my kids. Because I knew, you know, I didn't want to be convincing my kids that Santa Claus was real and then the next week tell them about the, the healing that took place at church and then have them think, well, I wonder if this is like Santa Claus. That was just my personal opinion. So my kids were the kids that were ruining Christmas for other kids when they, you know, in kindergarten, they'd be like, well, he's not real. But um, my point is, we get conditioned with what we see, and then it affects how we read Scripture. Luke 6, 38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Think for a second. What if I believed that was true? What if I believed that? Proverbs eleven twenty four: One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. What will happen to a generous person? Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, we live in such a, a I call it a silo society. How many of you have seen your neighbor in the last week? Like, so many, that's not every hand. Like, technically, I've seen them because they pull up in their car, they hit their, their garage door, up it goes, they go in, and it's down. The only ones I can actually say I really saw, like, person were the ones out there snow blowing, you know, or shoveling. But then as soon as they were done, they disappeared again. 
And we don't see them until like spring. But we, we have this like, I'm taking care of mine and myself and you guys are taking care of yours and it'd probably be rude of me to like get involved in your life at all. We just, we just function as a bunch of little islands and we don't engage very much because that's what we're supposed to do. You get in an elevator and you start being too friendly, people look at you weird. I have an outgoing personality. Believe me, I have gotten those looks before. You know, I, we, <laughs> we do get used to staying apart. But look at what Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4 says. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I'm going to read that again. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. This is, this is what God says to us. As, as a church, as Christians, as Christ followers, he says, don't just be me, myself, and I, us, and only us, our little group. He says, you need to look to yourself, but also to the interest of others. You know, this past week, I was early to go pick up my kids from school. I was about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes early. And uh, so I was going to pull into the neighborhood and just wait. And I noticed an elderly lady out shoveling her driveway. So I pull over and I run over there. I've got a few minutes. And I, I just walk in. I say, hey, can I help you uh, shovel? And turns out she liked the exercise. And so we're good. I had a little conversation with her, and, and she kept going. She didn't have a really big, you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, but I like to do things like that, but I've noticed something, and I, I purpose. If they be, people ask me, I'll be honest, but I don't volunteer that I'm a pastor. Because as soon as I say I'm a pastor, then they go, oh, well, he's like paid to be nice to people. <laughs> right? They don't, they, they don't expect, but, but when you're not, it's like, okay, maybe they, they get surprised. Like people are like, Wait, you, why, are you, why are you doing something for me? What's the, what's the catch? Why are you doing this? And honestly, if we're following what Scripture says, this should be kind of a, oh, you must be one of those Christians. It should be common enough that people would be like noticing a pattern. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Why does God bless us? Why? We are blessed to be a blessing. This verse says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things. Which things? Just money? 
all things. <laughs> Some of you, when I started with given it shall be given unto you, like when I was reading these verses about money, you're like, oh no, I'm at one of those churches that's going to talk about money again. Well, we talk about money because money is a part of our life. If we wouldn't talk about it, there'd be something wrong. But the scripture says that God's blessing, his financial blessing and other blessing, all of his blessing is for the purpose of helping others, of being a blessing to others. A lot of times we think, okay, I'm going to bless others after I'm blessed. Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. Anybody recognize that walking is good for you? Okay. So, has anyone ever had this conversation in your head? That's really tiring. When I have more energy, then I'll go walk. Right? But what gives you the energy? Walking. So, you're waiting for the benefits of exercise to kick in before you exercise. And you're waiting, well, you know, if I lose a few pounds, if I, if I get some energy, then I'll go on a walk. If, this, if I get the benefits, then I'll do the work. But how many have realized that's not how it works? If you're waiting to get more energy... Before you exercise, you're not going to get more energy. You're going to have less. And then you're going to be waiting longer. And this is, this is what so many of us do when it comes to being a blessing. We're like, well, you know what, God? If, if I win the lottery, man, I'm going to give big. If I get that mega raise... If they double my income, if they double my salary, if they, if, then I'm going to give big. But right now, I'm waiting to have more energy before I go exercise. I'm, I'm waiting. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that the person who withholds doesn't receive. And the person who gives is the one who does receive. When we give, even in the weirdest circumstance, people respond. It doesn't have to be money. I, <laughs> so I, I told you the story about the lady that I was going to help her with the snow just a few weeks or a few weeks, a few days ago. A few years back, when I wasn't a pastor, and so that wasn't a part. I, I, was, <laughs> I was taking a, a class, um, and I had to fly to New Jersey to do it. And so I landed in New York. And I went and took this class to get a certification for the company I was working for. And then, um, you know, I just had to wait for my flight the next day. So I decided to go for a jog. And I looked on the map to find the closest park. And I took my rental car and I drove to it. And it was on one of the islands outside of, of New York City. And it turns out it's like where they're new. They're, I didn't know. It was just a green spot. But it turns out that's where they, they do the, like, uh, sewage treatment. So it's kind of a gross place, but... Anyway, I start running there, and I see a bridge going across. It was the bridge to the Bronx. 
So it's like sunset in New York. I am like by myself, and I went running into the Bronx. And I'm just chugging along, never been here before, and didn't have a clue what is where, where is, where's anything. And I come up, and there's this group of people outside of their apartment. Um, I'm trying to remember. I might have been the only white person there. And, and I, I, I paused just for a second, and I said, well, what's down that way? You know, because I didn't know what, which way do I turn, which way. And they're like, oh, there's nothing there. You know, and I'm all friendly with them. Like, just stay and barbecue with us. So I stop, and I'm talking to these people. I'm having shrimp barbecue with a bunch of strangers. Like, I, how can I describe? There's a, there's a couple of guys. There's a couple of ladies. It might have been a pimp and some other people. I don't know. <laughs> but we're just, I'm having a good time. They're, so, they're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, well, and they're like, no, wait, you're a cop. I said, no, I'm not a cop. Said, no, one of, the, one of the ladies is like, no white guy comes running in the Bronx that's not a cop by himself. I said, no, I'm just here. I'm just being friendly. I was friendly with them. They were friendly with me. I had the greatest time in the Bronx. Free barbecued shrimp. And I jogged out. To this day, they probably talk about the time that the cop barbecued with them. I wasn't a cop. They, it took them so long to figure out, you're not a cop, what you do? And I'm like, at the time, I worked for a, a tree service, and I was getting a certification in a pesticide application thing, and they're just, what? What? Why would you come down here and be kind to us and friendly with us, and why would you do And when I was friendly, they were friendly. You can go anywhere, and when you give, these are spiritual principles that come back. Giving is so much more than finances. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I have a question for you. What is fruit for? Is fruit for the tree? The tree doesn't eat the fruit. We have an apple tree in our backyard. Like, it was just there. It's like part of the landscaping. It's kind of there. We don't do anything to it, so since we don't spray any pesticides on it, the, the apples oftentimes get birds and bugs and, and things like that. If, we, if we're really careful and we get out there early, we can pick some and get some nice-looking apples. This year, we, like, forgot we were busy when it was time to pick some apples. So we had all of these apples that just fell. And by the time we were like, oh, yeah, what about the apples? We go out there, and they're just eaten up by bugs, and, and they're on the ground, and, you know, the bottom side of them is brown. And you're like, well, the top tastes good, but nah. You know, like, <clears throat> it got wasted. But the point of fruit is that other people would benefit. We are to be a blessing. When, hey, I want to read through again the list of the fruits of the Spirit. But remember, this isn't for us. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Why, why am I empowered by God in the Spirit to have the fruit of love? Is it for me? Joy? How many of you like being joyful? I do. But is that just for me? Oh, I get to be happy. None of you do. How many of you notice that joy is contagious? That a smile is contagious? The fruit of the Spirit has been given to us. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to have fruit for the purpose of benefiting others. Peace. Are we given God's peace just so we can hide in our house, have peace there while everything else just burns down and Peace, long-suffering, or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. All of these things we are given so that we would give to others. Someone once said, the hose always gets wet. When, when we are giving of whatever, whether that's finances, whether that's joy, whether that's happiness, any one of the fruits of the Spirit are all things that we are called on to give to others. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Psalms 1, 26, 1 through 6 says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Notice, they went through something tough, but then their mouths were filled with laughter. And what was the result? The nations, all the surrounding people, it wasn't, and we had, we had a good time and then the rest, we just had a good time. It was just us. We had a good time. It was over. No, it says that their mouths were filled with laughter, and then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in Negev. Those who sow tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. I titled the message today, Seed for the Sower. Because God gives us seeds. What can we do with seed? We can just eat it ourselves. Or we can sow it when we give. One seed grows into a plant that has 100, 60, or 30-fold. We don't use the term fold. We tend to use the term percent nowadays. There's a 100% return. Do you realize 100% return is one-fold? Fold is multiplied. So 30-fold 
is like 3,000%. And that's the low end. God's economy, he says, when you sow even a little, I will multiply it. And we tend to say 30, 60, and 100-fold, but the verse actually starts with 100 and goes down to 30. Give, and it shall be given. But what am I giving? Am I always giving my finances? Is that it? Is this all about just giving my money, and that's how I get a return? Listen, it works with money. I want you to understand that. It does. But it works with so much more. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 11 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that, having all sufficiency in all things at all times. What is God able to do? He's able to make grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency... What would all sufficiency be? Enough. What I need. All of what I need. In what things? All things. Thank you for that light. All sufficiency in all things, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower. That's the the key verse right there. When and how, when does God supply all of those things he forementioned? He supplies them. He promises to supply them when we are a sower. I feel like so many of us Christians are waiting when it comes to our joy, when it comes to our peace, when it comes to to our finances, when it comes to all of the fruits of the Spirit. We're like that person who's waiting to get energy to go exercise. Man, sure wish I felt like exercising. That'd be nice. Maybe if I do nothing longer, I'll feel like doing something soon. That's not how it works. Give, and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Jesus said, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. Which seed is he multiplying? The seed for sowing. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Look at his plan. He says, I will get to you all things that you need. What are all things? All things is money, but not just money. That's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. It's all of that fruit that we're supposed to have in our life, not just for our benefit, but for others. He says, I'll get all of that to you, and I'll distribute it to you 
I'll give you those seeds if you're a sower. And bread for food, and I'll multiply your seed for sowing. And you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. And then, this is his plan. He says, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God? When we read back in Psalms, what did it say about the the nations? What did they do and say and see and observe when they saw the joy in the Israelites? They saw the joy that the Israelites were experiencing and their response was, wow, God has done great things. They, on the outside, grew in their thankfulness and their awareness and their acknowledgement of what God does when they saw the fruit in those people that was spilling over on them. God desires to bless us so that we would be a blessing. He promises to get seeds to the sower. Now, that is an exciting verse. What do we do with it? Do we read it and think, yeah, sure, no payments, no interest for 18 months? Where's the catch? I don't know. I'm not sure I'm willing to, to, to try that. And so, we do nothing. We sit back, and then we grumble, and we wonder, why, why don't I have more fruit of the Spirit in my life? Why don't I have more of the blessing that the Bible talks about? Because what little seed you got, you just ate it, and you didn't sow. And God promised to get seed to the sower, not the eater. Now, I'm going to read a verse that has always fascinated me. Ephesians chapter 4, 28. Here's what it says. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. How many of you would agree with that? The the mindset we have is, well, if someone steals, they need to stop stealing. What do they need to do? What What does a thief need to learn to do? Someone said it. Work. Work. Why? Why do they need to work instead of just taking stuff? So they have have money. If if they have money because they work, then they don't have to take mine, and I don't have to worry about them stealing from me, right? That is the mindset we have. We think, okay, if you steal to satisfy yourself, you need to learn to work to satisfy yourself. But let's look at what the Bible actually says. It says, And anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those who are in need. What? So God said, if you want to cure a thief of stealing, don't just point out to him that you can have what you want by working for it. 
You can, you can satisfy yourself instead of taking it from me by working for it. That's what we think is going to work. Yeah. What God said is, teach him to work so that he has something to give to others. Why? Because God is saying, when we turn that person into a sower, what does the Bible say? It is more blessed to give than receive. Do we believe that? If we believed that, we wouldn't be so shocked that the cure for thievery is giving. The cure for being a thief is recognizing, man, there's a better way. There is a more satisfying, beneficial, ultimately blessing way of living. Instead of going around stealing what isn't mine, I'm going to work and I'm going to give what's mine to people who need it. And it's going to feel amazing. And when I start sowing, I'm going to start reaping 160 and 30 fold. When a thief starts to realize the system that God put in place, they won't want to steal anymore. So what about us? Why haven't we figured it out? Well, when I get more energy, I think I'll go for a walk. I think I'm going to give when, you know, when suddenly my savings is just so much I don't know what to do with it anymore. Then I'm going to give. When I, when I get down the road, it, man, such a powerful concept. The Bible says if, if thieves, once they get it, they won't steal anymore. 1 Peter 3.9, do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Let's read that again. 1 Peter 3.9, do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, bless. So when you are treated badly, to put it in the vernacular, when someone treats you like crap, you don't turn around and treat them the same way. He says, don't repay evil for evil, but bless. And he gives two reasons for it. He says, for to this you were called, in other words, God has given, that is one of the purposes for which God has called you to. He says, I have called you to bless others. That is a calling that you have. You will be fulfilling your purpose when you do that. And how many of you recognize when you do what you were designed to do, it feels good? Anybody ever tried to take a screw out with a pair of pliers? Like it's, a, it's, it, it's like a Phillips head screwdriver, but the only thing you've got is like pliers and you're trying to pinch... It wasn't designed for that. But when you get the screw driver that, that's designed to fit in, it just, man, that works. So many of us are, are we're trying to function, but that's not what we were designed for. The Bible says you were called to bless. Say this with me. I was called to be a blessing. And then he says... You were called to be a blessing, and 
to do it that you may obtain a blessing. You were called to do this, and it will result in a blessing. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Or do we just sit back and say, I'm sure there's a catch. I'm just not, I'm not going to get in on that. I'm just going to let that go by. I'm, I'm sure if I was to order that from China, it would come up and it just wouldn't work like the advertisement says it does. It just, yeah. I don't quite trust that this is going to work. I, I know that I recognize the temptation to read the Bible that way. So much else that's going on. That's the way you have to watch the news and read the newspaper and filter social media. But God's word is not social media. God's word is not fake news. God's word is his promise to us. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is effective. When we when we're round people, we are either sowing, we're either depositing or withdrawing. We need to be intentional about depositing. Depositing again, that's sowing whether I'm sowing fruits of the Spirit or whether I'm sowing financially, I need to be intentional. If you are tempted, if you are in a situation where life just is smacking you around and you think, man, I just, I'm tempted to just take what I need. We read it. The Bible says the thief needs to learn not to steal, but to give. Because when he does, he'll be cured. When he recognizes, when he learns. Anybody raise your hand that says, I once was, was reticent to exercise, then I did it, and I'm glad I did. Yeah? Yeah. Like, it's... it's it's, it's like almost a universal experience to be like, oh, I don't know. I want to, but I kind of feel like it's going to be a little hard and maybe I'll just wait and not. But then when we do, our body responds. And when we go for that long walk that we think is going to make us tired, our body says, oh, okay. Tomorrow, I'm ready for you. And we get more energy. And, and our bodies respond. The Bible says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So, I double-dog dare you 
to believe God's word. Believe it. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each to the interests of others. We are called to sow. To sow seeds. We're, we're called to give financially. We're called to give uh, emotionally. We're called to support people, to, to, to be a light in their life. I double-dog dare you to try it. Go for that walk and see that that's where the energy comes from. When you sow, you will reap. The Bible described it. We read this verse a little bit ago. It was in Psalms. It was uh, 126, verse 6. It says, Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with joy, carrying sheaves with them. Are you in a tough situation? Is it difficult? Sow. Are you tempted to steal to, to get what you need? Sow. It is more blessed to give than receive. God promises to give Seed to the sower. You just got to be a sower. As we said before, if you need, if you, the hose gets all the water it needs, it gets wet every time that it's giving water to others. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you love us, that you have given us this recipe for success. You have shown us this principle that you guard, that if we will sow, you are faithful and just to bring a harvest. We recognize that some harvests are faster to grow to, to a harvest than others, but we also recognize that you oversee that process and that that process is never no. Lord, I thank you I thank you that you are speaking to our hearts today. Lord, I ask that you would stir in each and every one of us an area in which we need to sow. Right away. Let's not wait till next month, next week, Lord, but right away. Quicken in our hearts. Put a thought, put a person, put a situation, put something in our hearts right now, a place where we can step forward and begin to sow. Even if there are tears in our eyes right now, as that scripture says, they went out weeping with seeds to sow, but they returned with joy and a harvest. I thank you for it. Speak blessing and declare blessing over every person and family here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. 